This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining the studio with the Besotted Podcast. Delighted to say Dave Laney Lane and Gary G. People here with me for the next hour talking everything where Brentford are concerned. And let me tell you, it is going very well for the Bees. Bookmarking that international break with another win. 1-0 to Reading, which was a hard-fought game. But these are the types of games you need to win in the Championship. When it is tight, when it is close... Not a point, but three points and a clean sheet. Brentford right up there, racing and raring to go. Two points and two places off that precious playoff places. They are starting to feel good. Well, the games come thick and fast in the championship. It is Blackburn on Wednesday, then Luton on the weekend. We're going to be talking all about that, looking at those games, preview, and obviously the Reading game, because there was so much to talk about. Uh, not a great week for the Royals uh, this week. They didn't get that win, obviously, but they were in good form Four unbeaten in uh, before that. New manager Mark Bowen, Dave. You took him apart. Got to be pleased with this one. Yeah, we're very pleased with it. You know, it was always a little bit of a worry um, how we would return from the international break. A couple of our really influential players uh, um, went away on international duty. Uh, they had eventful, uh, you know, games for their countries. So we were always worried that they might come back a bit short of energy. They didn't. Um, um, Henrik Dalsgaard had a really good game. Um, and Pontus Janssen is, you know, he's Mr. Dependable for us this season. So, yeah, I think it was a matter of um, the the result was more important necessarily than the performance. But we saw the performance, especially in the second half, I think. Um, I think Brentford sort of came into their own. They kept plugging away. Um, I think it was vital that we got the first goal. Um, we've oft, we've often seen the season where we've played well and maybe we've gone behind and then we kind of struggle to get back into the game. They park the bus, etc. But Reading came with a game plan and it was just important that we you know we won really. Yeah, as you said, you know, I always say when I'm in here with our team, it's so important that we score first. Um, we have struggled when we've conceded early. Um, I, you know. It wasn't a brilliant start, wasn't a brilliant first half. But the important thing is, as opposed to last season, where 
we play like that and we're conceding two or three goals going in three and we're out of the game by half time. Mm. You know, we've kept it tight, managed to stay in the game. And that was the important thing. Why, Gary, for you, is it obviously no football team wants to go 1-0 down, no team wants to concede first, but he says mentally, you know, Brentford, not at their best when they do, they find it hard to get back in the game. So important Brentford score first. Why is that so, Gary? I think other teams line up against us seeing that we've got so much, you know, when you've got the likes of Ben Rama and Ollie Watkins, they really want to keep it tight. And as, you know, managers have said recently, that as Thomas Frank said um, a couple of weeks ago, the easiest thing to manage in football is to organise a team to defend. It's the easiest thing. Stand here, stand here, stand here. Keep an eye on him. Job done. I also, also think as well is because we're a fairly inexperienced team, really, um, especially up front, that some of the best teams in the world, you, you know, Man City go 1-0 down, you, you're pretty much sure that they're going to come back, they're going to equalise and they'll probably mm. go ahead within 20 minutes. You're almost like you've, you sort of dread going one up against them because you've rattled the hornet's nest and you've got, God knows what, you know, what kind of you, the carnage you're going to reap after that. But with us, you know, they're, they're youngsters and sometimes, as you say, you know, when, once you park the bus... We, we have to be on our A game to sometimes mm. do that. So I think as as we get more and more experienced, I think going a goal down won't be that, won't be such um, a, a problem for us. But, uh, you know, again, you know, it's just, it's just in, in, in incredible that we had a almost full house again. We mm. had a really good atmosphere and we, everyone went home, went home happy. You always used to sit there and say, well, the weather's rubbish. Like, you know, it's a bit, a bit of a low. But, you know, again, to get a crowd that size, you know, in that weather, you know, just shows how good things are going at the moment. Well, it was the highest attendance for Griffin Park this season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not a huge. It's to sell out. It's only like twelve and a half thousand. So, but I think it's uh, you know it's it's good habits to get into. You know, getting those kind of crowds. Um, obviously, it is the last season there, so we we need to then grow on that. So we need to be selling out really every game from now on. Get get people sort of um, wanting that demand, and and you know, hopefully, getting a season ticket for for the for the new stadium for next year, which is obviously a massive year for us. Yeah, it's a big jump, obviously. Griffin Park 12 and, 12 and a half thousand next year 17 and a half thousand so the signs are good now not only are the signs good where the crowd and the stadium are concerned you mentioned a young side inexperienced side maybe in a few areas also a side now Dave that has won five out of the last six in the championship not proving young and inexperienced there easier said than done isn't it five, yeah. five out of six at, at any level I'd, I'd say really um and I think we were we were kind of not down to our bare bones, but we had a couple of suspensions, and there were there were mm. there are injuries that are, are you know are affecting us. You know, Canos is still a long way away. Um, the the weight of goal scoring um, responsibilities is falling fully and squarely on Ollie Watkins's shoulders. He's doing really well. Um, he's got eleven goals now. His second highest scorer in the championship. Uh, he's he's obviously on the radar of a lot of other clubs as well. Um, so if he gets injured or if he gets suspended, then we're we're kind of in trouble a bit. So again, you know, we have to take the points while he's there and while he's on form. Mm. So it's, it's important, isn't it? No, very important. You know, for us to do that. I mean, one thing I did remember, <laughs> one thing that stood out for me in the game was um, when Janssen went down injured um halfway through the second half and the panic like, set in yeah you should the, <laughs> the stadium there was just like the air just went out of the stadium and 
it is a bit like that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows you. Although we've got a good squad, it is it is fairly fragile and it's it's fairly kind of thin yeah. actually at the moment. And you know, the the defensive uh, prowess is 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 really good. But you take you know you you take Pontus out of that equation, and you're kind of thinking mm, we could mm. be exposed again. But you know. We're talking of being exposed because Brentford obviously were 1-0. Thomas Frank at half-time, you know, he was saying that he said to the team, no silly mistakes here. It will only be silly mistakes that cost us. We know we can create. We know we can score. Don't Let's not let them back in it with a silly mistake. And, you know, sometimes maybe that's what you would associate with a young side, Dave. You know, young, experienced, naive. Proving, though, that's not the case at the minute. It's just important at the back. But, you know, hardly any goals conceded in the Championship. I know you mentioned Ollie Watkins, second highest score in the league. But at the back, hardly conceding any goals. Right up there, at the top of those stats, also. Yeah, it's it's, it's really impressive. I, yeah. I, we know we as we've we've spoken about the last few weeks, and with Thomas Frank and his interview with Besotted, yeah. we'll hear a little bit more from Thomas Frank in his post-match um, interview a little bit later on in this radio show. But um, yeah, it, it's it's testament to not only the the back three or the back four, or the back five, the way you want to look at it. You know, David Raya. Um, he pulled out an incredible save um, early on in that match and that was the difference between us being nil-nil and one-nil down and then you're looking at a completely different game from there on in. So um, David Raya is is just... Yeah, well. It's one of those saves that you get away with in five-a-side because the goal's <laughs> so small but when you think when the goal's that big it's a one-on-one and you've got so much goal to protect and he just got his angles exactly right. It was Didn't it was go perfect, down early. It? it was... Yeah, and kept hold of the ball as well. It wasn't as if he just shut, you know, the way he kind of kept... And he, I thought he was on the ground and then seemed to, like, rise up again and leap across the guy to block the to block the shot. I thought it was fantastic save. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you really do need to check it out. Gary, you know, on, on paper, people could say, oh, Brentford won, Reading nil. You know, it won't be the first game that maybe he's talked about at the end of the season when we're looking back at the season. But how important is it? It's wins like this to just keep that momentum going. Just keep you chasing in the championship. And, you know, it's teams in and around you on good runs themselves, you know, that will prove absolutely vital at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's wins like that and those type of, those those ones that you eke out when they're tight. The thing is about this league, there are a lot of decent teams in this league. Um, there are a lot of teams around the same level, and I think you saw that on Saturday. Yeah, Reading, as as you said, four games unbeaten, not a bad side at all. They might not be in the top half of the table, but it's a fledgling table still early in the season. When you know the way that when you get a game like against a team like Reading, and you're able to a not concede a goal, you know you haven't been able to really dominate the team like we have in maybe other games but the important thing is to get that result it reminded me of um there was a game that we played in the year we came up with it might have played Oldham and you know we walked up it should be an easy game and it wasn't and in the end I think um Johnny Douglas got a goal in like injury time and we won 1-0 and it's victories like that which you know through our big run which gave us that momentum to go on and go up and if we want to do anything in this league games like that need to be won I think it's also games like that that start you believing that something's possible <laughs> um, you know if if we were 
going to be happy for not mid table, but kind of it was going to be another decent decent season, but we were going to fall just yeah, a, a, a little a... bit short. I think you know it's it's games like the red in one way. It, you actually start to think, oh, hold on a minute, you know we're we're not we're not only sort of winning away from home now where we haven't been before, but we're also eking out sort of you know hard fought. Um, not backs to the wall, but uh, you know, one nil wins where in other other weeks it'll be a draw. Yeah, it certainly will. And it's and it's it's games like that that obviously you know when you are winning, it, it means so much more. You're playing a team. Not you know, I know you mentioned they're not up there at the minute, but they are in a team that do have the new manager bounce. You know, Mark Bowen. It's four games, and it's a clean slate for Reading at the minute. You know, they fancy it, and it's games like this you can take so much more confidence from, can't you, Dave? Yeah, and you know, e- equally as well, you know, Reading fans and Reading players, they'll they'll want to come and beat us. It's, it's, it's a local ish derby. It's uh, it's the M4 Corridor Derby. Yeah, as Sky would probably can, call it. Yeah, but can you really have a a derby after a road? I mean, could you? <laughs> yeah. Could you say that Leeds versus Luton is a derby because they're both at the other end of the M1? <laughs> no, that would be a little bit tenuous, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I would yeah. say. But I wouldn't put anything past uh, Sky to be honest with, with their derbies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Don't, but you know, their their fans. Um, you know, they got a grudge against us. We don't. We don't like. You know, they are. It's a, it's a bit of a needle match, isn't it? You know, going there. Is yeah, I say look, like the Kiriton goal has never been forgiven. Yeah. So mm. you know, it's not it's not up there with the QPRs and the, and the Fulham matches, but it's, it's certainly it's certainly it's one, one we want to win. Well, Dave and Gary are happy in the studio. Let's hear what some of the Brentford fans had to say after the game. Yeah, good result. It was quite a tight game, but the bees had the better quality where it counted. Um, I think a 1-0, 2-0 home win was deserved. Raya made a great stop in the first half, let's not forget that. But great to see some of the young players coming on. Jan Zan with a great little cameo at the end. Watkins did really well at centre-forward today. And jean is going to have a job to dislodge uh, Pinnock from the back four because the back four was solid. I think probably the one we might have missed was, was Norgard with those passes he hits that suddenly take two or three players out of the game. But actually, the midfield three grew into it a bit as the game went on. We dominated the second half, I thought. Reading have got some dangerous players, but the Bees were easy winners in the end. I just thought the referee was shocking because he was giving them fouls when they were just falling over. I know we're biased, but still. But, I mean, we got around it. And, and as, as usual, Ben Rama was superb. Burek, he looked fantastic. He looked really lively. I was uh, very impressed. And, uh, yeah, great. I'm very happy. Happy Bee. No, it didn't quite go to plan. I thought the game was quite scrappy at times, to be honest. Uh, we had a few chances at the end where I think we could have nicked some in. But all in all, um, not too disappointed in result. But ultimately, I think we could have done better on the day and we could have finished off some of them chances at the end. But you look at our back line, we didn't concede that many chances. And when we, when we had our chances, we took them. And that, I think that's more or less represents a 1-0 result. There wasn't that many chances. We got a chance, we scored it, they didn't. You know what, today was what we should have done against Huddersfield, I think. In the, it was a very tight game, Redner formed team, just as Huddersfield were. Um, but today it was us that got that goal. And um, yeah, great result, really, really good. We weren't brilliant today by any stretch of the imagination. We, know, we all know we're down to the bare bones in terms of, the, in terms of the, the team. The first 11 that are out there pretty much pick themselves. Uh, Zambrick's next on the, on the pitch, clearly, and he, and he did come on as um, substitute. 
So ultimately, taking all that into account, a great result. Massive, massive task to be able to keep going for the next two games. More or less playing the same team. Uh, you know, Makocho, three games in five days. That's always been a big ask for him previously, and he was very, very good today as well. So, you know, I, I'd be very surprised if we didn't drop some points in the next two games. I have to say, Reading didn't impress me that much, um, but John Swift um, looked look to be the only decent player that they really had. The rest of... But Brentford, I was really pleased to see. Jan Burek, I was really pleased to see he came on. I thought he played excellent when, it, when he came on for us. And Pinnock, Pinnock deserves full amount of credit for coming into that team today. Looked like he'd been playing in the centre-back role of Pontus for a while. We need to stick in there, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be hovering around the playoffs in Christmas. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the besotted fan cast, Dave Laney Lane and Gary GP Paul. Well, we've just been talking about that brilliant result on the weekend, beating Reading 1-0. But there are a few big matches to come. Can we see the manager rotate? What can we expect, uh, Dave, in the next few matches? As like we said, they do come thick and fast and it's Blackburn on Wednesday. Yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to kind of see any changes necessarily being made uh, on, on Wednesday. Um, we've got Camo Makocho, which, you know, he's so important to the way we play. It be, I guess it would be, be nice if we could sort of like rest him if, if need be, because we're going to need him as much as we can um, between now and, and Christmas. We've got a lot of tough fixtures coming up. Um, I, I sh- but I assume that, you know, the, the 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 momentum is really based around an unchanged team wherever possible. Um, whenever we kind of s- sort of try to go extra clever and rotate and not not feel what is probably our strongest team, we we kind of uh, we find sometimes we trip up a bit. I just I do, Gary, do you see him making any changes? On? I don't know. We got. I don't think we've got any cover because Norgard's still out, isn't he? Yeah. So. I'd assume you might have wanted to rotate that if Norgard was in a position to play. So I don't really think we've got much wiggle room to rotate because everybody's ACLs are bust. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah it maybe they need new, new studs in their boots. I don't know, yeah. just plainly in ice skates. But um, you know, going going away to Blackburn, it's it's always one of those like long winter midweek games and it's you know I know they're up there today probably and you know it's it's, it's obviously not as uh, big a schlep as it is for the fans but uh, you know on a way and we don't go we don't go there certainly shy and we don't go there um, not expecting to win I don't think we go there you know demanding a win but our recent recent form away from Griffin Park has been incredible I think that's the thing with um, you know the run we're on we're now getting to the point where, as you said earlier, that confidence and that momentum, you are expecting to win every game that you're mm. playing. And I think the players, they won't want to be missing out. I think, you know, they must be really enjoying their football at the moment. And, you know, some of them had a really good game on Saturday, but they still weren't at their best. And I think sometimes away from home, we get that little bit more extra freedom. The The home team are expected to come onto us. Blackburn can score goals. They're not. They're not sort of. Uh, you know. They're. They're not. They're, although they're below us, they're not struggling 
at the at the at going up front they they obviously their leak goals which I, th- I think it's something that's going to suit us so I, th- I think we go there really fancying our chances yeah go there fancying your chances and also you mentioned the players they'll be up for it and they want to keep this run going players are competitive you know obviously for Brentford and for themselves but they go look five wins in six now we really want to keep this going it's a stat that will play on their minds also you mentioned about Brentford's away record and travelling up there wanting that result what about the fans well you know Dave needing the fans to travel in numbers and when it is a televised game it always makes these things just that little bit more difficult especially close to Christmas it's it's really a toughie um, I th- you know I think it's just like inevitable that if you've got a Sky subscription we've you know again we've talked about the red button and how it's into you know it's interfering with um, with fans like natural desire to want to be there um, of course all Brentford fans would love to go to Blackburn um, on, on Wednesday but you know, we are approaching Christmas. We are at the end of uh, you know a, a month before payday, probably for mm. a lot of people, and it's on the red button. Um, so it's it's kind of like it's seventy odd quid, seventy seven quid for for Sky subscription, including your, your football. It's, right, it's, it's, a, it's gonna cost one hundred hundred and twenty quid to get to the game. So mm. um, you know, it's a bit of a although it's a you know it's it it, it sort of galls me to say it, but it's a bit of a no brainer not to go for a, for a, for a fair sized chunk of the uh, the support. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I know Thomas Frank um, was urging. Um, we'll listen to him in a minute. He's urging fans to travel, um, and you know, to all those of us that are going, then you know. Um, you know, well done and get behind the team. But you know, you can't really blame people for for, for kind of like scratching their heads and going, mm, "Shallow, aren't I?" Yeah, and and that does bring us perfectly onto it. Let's hear what Thomas Frank had to say about the upcoming game against Blackburn, and obviously what he made of the Reading game. I would have liked us to start the game like we did in second half, uh, or played the game. I like to play, you know, second half in both halves, uh, but we need to remember we're playing against a very strong Reading side in form. Uh, that made it quite difficult for us in the first half, and, and we didn't take our, not chances in, but in terms of, you know, when we had the chance to play through them, we, we missed the pass or the touch or, or the run, um, but we still created opportunities. Um, second half, we stepped up in terms of intensity in the duels and the runs. Um, in terms of more composed on the ball, talked about six passes more, like, and then we could start play and run on the sides and create opportunities for cross and don't rush them. Um, and I think there were some good spells where we really, really, you know, worked them hard and you know, continue put cross, continue run them, run was running in the box and we we produced a, a beautiful goal um, uh, from that. Um, so the only maybe little downside is that we didn't kill the game with the 2 0 goal. We should have done that, I think. Uh, we have some great, uh, great uh, transition opportunities or big chances where we should have killed it. But but we just play with such a big attitude in terms of big confidence, but humble and respect the opponent. So we put a lot of hard work into it, and that togetherness um, in the team and with the fans is amazing. Uh, so the bonding together, but on the on the pitch you can just see how. Offensively, it's clicking more and more, but defensively, how many metres and effort they, they put into it. And the best example is the, the last long throw, uh, where I think it felt like a um, 55 uh, second ball situation in, in, in 15 seconds, uh, but we defended it well and we won a well deserved win. So good to be able to stand here and praise Ethan Pinnock for being out of the team for quite a long. He's been training like a like a, like a beast 
all the weeks to make sure he was fit and ready. The staff have done a top job in terms of making sure he's fit and ready because suddenly you need to step in. And he was fit and ready uh, today with a, with a top performance in, in my perspective. Um, Ataji and Jensen came back into to the team that I think he played a decent first half, but second half, wow. Huh? Confidence on the ball, composed, a beautiful Matthias De Bruyne Jensen cross uh, set up the goal. So it was good to see uh, those two. It's good to see Jan coming on the pitch again, um, working very hard, controlled the ball, keep the ball. And good to see Jeffrey Jakob minutes in the end and he just solved the task. We worked very hard on the mentality, defensive mentality, worked very hard on the defensive organisation. And then we brought in some top, uh, top players who, who strengthened the, the squad in, in Pontus, Ethan today, and um, David. And normally also Christian as number six, he didn't play today. So a lot of good, um, good performances there. And David, must say, for me, he's one of the best keepers in this division. Uh, and he had a crucial save in the beginning of the game. You need that if you... Uh, want to, to keep going. Um, we always we know that we're in a good good place, so we are quite confident going into this game, but we know this, this margins are so small in, in, in this league. Uh, but it's, it's a very good feeling standing here with a good performance and winning 1-0 back at Griffin Park, you know, winning. Um, and now we're going into um, a bitter week with a game against Blackburn on, on, on Wednesday. The fans out there, they were amazing again today. Fantastic backing, and we need that, and we need that on, on Wednesday as well. So I hope that a lot of people will travel and, and backing us, and, and then after that game and a hopefully good performance, we are we are back at Griffin Park against Luton. So we just need to keep it up. He mentioned there Thomas Frank talking after that Reading game. The only disappointment, maybe if there was one, the fact that Brentford didn't kill it off with that second goal. He said they had the quality to do, though. They should have got that second. Then talking about the game, he said, we hope the fans travel in numbers because obviously their support was felt on Saturday against Reading. But how much does this bother you, Gary? You know, Because 1-0, we, we talked about it. Perfect scoreline, isn't it? Three points, clean sheet. We're going to talk about maybe this result, You know, one to look back on if, if Brentford are in those playoff paces. But in games... They need this second goal, the next gear to kill it off. Is it because, you know, you've always got that worry teams can come back into it? Well, on the flip side, there is that saying that 2 0 is the most dangerous score in football. So maybe we <laughs> didn't want to fall into that trap. Yeah, wise. <laughs> well, it is when you let it slip, but it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, but it isn't. It's, it's a great result. I mean, it depends when you score, I guess. Yeah, well, it's like, as Mbume had a good chance. Unfortunately, I think he might have just kind of not instinctively hit it first time if he had hit it first time I think he would have scored but the touch he took just gave the defender which was a good challenge because the guy tracked back and had quite a bit of ground to make up so yeah I'd say it was good defending rather than a miss if you go two up after 10 minutes I think maybe then then that's when that kind of like that that sort of cliche comes into its own listen, but I, I think he was I think listen, he was talking... listen listen after that QPR game yeah <laughs> no, but I, but I think you know what we what he meant. Obviously, was like you know we scored the first one, and if you score the second one after eighty-five minutes, that's when it's game set and match. Yeah. And I think you know I think a lot of Brentford fans would have loved it to happen as well because you know True. the the older uh, you know heart in mouth and you know biting of the uh, the nails happened because. I think all all fans think their club is uh, is kind of got a um, a monopoly on like throwing throwing goals away in the last ten mm. minutes. But uh, you know, Brentford fans over the years have seen <laughs> some shoddy defending cost us vital points. So <laughs> I think you know everyone's sometimes just expecting the worst to happen, mm. and obviously we're delighted that it didn't. One one of the great things about the Pesotic podcast is you get to hear from what Thomas Frank had to say his audio after the game, and even when there has been a victory for the bees in Brentford, and he says. 
this is the area we need to work on. We should have done this. We should have killed the game off here. No sloppy mistakes. And, you know, I think it's brilliant. And all managers will do it. Keep their eye on the ball, their discipline, their professional, Dave. But, you know, it's valuable for a young side because you mentioned it. They are young and experienced. They get five mm-hmm. wins out of six, Gary. They go, we're doing all right in this championship. You know, maybe that complacency creeps in. He's very good at just keeping them. I don't want to say humble because they're not, not humble, but just like, you know, every game, it can always change in an instant, can't it? Yeah, he's very good at... Um, uh, of an- uh, in explaining things, I think he's kind of clear in his language. I think obviously because it's his second language, I think he uses, you know, it's just not, you know, his, his English is better than than mine sometimes. But um, <laughs> it's it's it, the way he explains it using simple simple terms. It, I think the the players are going to understand it, and then it's very easy for us to kind of understand what he says. I don't think we're going to agree with everything he says in his post match conferences week in week out. But when you're winning, and when when he kind of explains it so rationally and so calmly there's there's no it's just like it's not monotone but it's kind of it's kind of very matter of fact and it seems to be everything's under control and everything seems to be measured and thought out and when it's working it's kind of because of the hard work you you, you can tell that's happening on the training pitch Mm. so you know hopefully that this little run can continue so we haven't got to be kind of looking over our shoulders and we can just kind of just rack up you know we're not going to win every game come on but um it's uh, it's at the moment we we're, we're making hay for sure well, Gary mentioned uh, hopefully no more ACLs. That's on his Christmas list. But on your Christmas list, uh, there, there is another Brentford-related book hitting the streets, the golden era of Brentford that Harry Curtis uh, ye- uh, years is. is uh, that's back from the printers. We're going to be able to talk all about that and we will be able to get the lowdown on the Blackburn game from Rovers fan uh, with Daniel Griffiths. That's right, it is Love Sport, and this time it's the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the besotted podcast, Dave Laney Lane. Apparently he's got a wondrous left foot, a magic of a wand, really <laughs> desperate to see it, and Gary GP. G- Gary, so much to hear about, obviously, at the minute with Brentford. You know, every show is a feel-good one when you are in this run. It's your birthday week, it's also feel-good in that sense. It's Blackburn, obviously, this week. Maybe you're not feeling so good, you know, that run can always come to an end. I want to get your thoughts on that. But first, though, there is a there is a Brentford-related book hitting hitting the stores. A great Christmas filler. Dave, please tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, um, we you know we mentioned it um, a few weeks back when it just literally just gone to the printers. And um, Harry Curtis um, was the greatest Brentford manager of all time. He managed a club between 1926 and 1949. He was there for 23 years. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be piecing together his, his story, his life story, and I put it together in a in a big format, so a big A4 landscape format. It's similar to the uh, the Griffin Park book and the books I've done on the 70s, 80s and 90s. And this is like a perfect companion for those. And it's just something I've, I always wanted to do. When I was doing the um, 125-year book and Griffin Park book, it became clear that Harry was such a central figure in the way our club grew um, on and off the pitch. The, 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 the ground was transformed from basically a you know a, a, a dust bowl with a with a tiny little stand to one of the biggest stadiums in in London um, with forty five thousand capacity, and we were selling it out you know most weeks. Uh, Brentford was was a, was the real deal back then, and and I just thought it was it was. With leaving Griffin Park and moving on to uh, to the new stadium, I just thought it was just 
the perfect time and as we say on besotted manners to give credit where credit's due to look back and um to acknowledge what harry's harry's done for our club um and to try and make his his memory um a bit more relevant in 2019 2020 and hopefully make sure he's not forgotten because i think you know the club at the moment is very much about looking towards the future um and i know that there's a lot of historians and there's a lot of lot of brentford people that are kind of worried that that heritage will get forgotten and to their credit the club have been really good and um, there should be some really big news coming soon about a museum um which you know i'll i'll, I'll wait until the time's right is to, that a to love sport that. exclusive Dave? It, well it will be it will be <laughs> we will be talking about that for sure um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but thank the, you know, well, I've, I've, I've been involved in in, 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 the, pro- safe, in the project Gary, you didn't release so, that uh, secret me and you were informer and uh so yeah the book kind of is is a perfect link to to, to all of that that's going on so um if you if you are interested in in the in the history i think you know we've we talked about this before um you know some some fans of a certain age it, they kind of well it, you know whatever it doesn't really it doesn't really matter it's just about the here and now but i think you know when i think to it's important to know where you've come from if you want the future if you want to where you're going to be you know to be mm. good to be, to be a good journey and i think you know, reading about the the 30s and the 40s it's clear that there's there's they were doing the right things then as well they were finding really brilliant players all over the country they were building over the long term it wasn't short termism they were they were you know they were, the players they were bringing in were players that they wanted there for four or five years and it was always always the struggle as well of keeping hold of those players who became internationals they were like home home um, home nation internationals more so then than they were obviously you know weren't playing for guinea and uh and <laughs> south africa back then mm. but um you know they were there was scots welsh irish irish and english internationals so yeah um it's on it's available now um on legendspublishing.net and um uh, which really good. It's in the in the club shop now as well. So if you um, oh, if you go on a Saturday, pop in. Hopefully, um, we might have a um, some a special guest for book signing after the game. But um, so we'll look out for Besotted and the, the official club website. So yeah, um, legendspublishing.net or the the Brentford club shop. So yeah, make sure you get a copy. Very uh, nearly a second exclusive you dropped on us there, Dave, with, <laughs> with that book signing on the weekend. Gary, I want to ask you how important is it? Uh, you know, when when he mentions about the club getting someone you know to to link those generations we hear about the new generation the new dawn that Brentford are facing with this new stadium and certain uh, fans of an age don't really want to hear about the past but how important is it to bridge those two it is I mean I say it's it's really important for um you know for us to keep that link to the past because there are a lot of fans that let's say that they're not welcoming of change so if they're not welcoming of change um, one of the things you can placate and make them feel comfortable is to say, look, yes, we realise you know, things aren't how they were back in the day. Things have changed, but we want to, you know, the foundation of the club is built on what happened back in the day. And another important thing that's happening on Saturday is Billy Manuel. Um, Brentford fans will remember Billy the Pitbull. He joined us from Gillingham. Um, he was here between 1991 and 1994. Um, and he will be down the globe from from 12.30 till just before kickoff. We're going to run um, a, a series of Legends events um, all about 
you know, leaving Griffin Park really. So most weekends or most home games in the globe before the game, you'll be able to come down and um, have a drink, have a chat, ask a few questions, get anything signed um, with with players um, who played a big part in our in our recent history. So yeah, Billy Minwell's down there. I'm sure he'll do a little stand on a table and and, and speak. But it's really to be able to just like mingle, have a have a beer with him, and just kind of you know have a have a bit of a nostalgia. Um, so yeah, Billy's a proper character as well. He was, uh, he was, he was, he, he'll have some stories to tell. He won't, he won't be recorded. So I'm sure, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, so sure it'll be a good I'm sure it'll be a, like an uncut Billy Manuel uncut. <laughs> yeah, so. maybe you can get some audio and we yeah, can play so, that. So get be... down to the Globe um, from about twelve, twelve thirty. Might Saturday. have to move the show back past nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, Gareth, we can do it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> there's so much at Brentford going on at the minute, and also that the article Dave I want to talk about. Yeah, uh, there was really interesting one after the game six. Six things. Yeah, Jim Levac. We were hoping Jim would be on the uh, on the show tonight because he was working down in town, but he was he was filming filming something and it wasn't finished in time. So uh, um, he's lost. Um, but yeah, he wrote a really good article that we've published on Besotted today. It was six things we've learned from Brentford's win against Reading, and he and he runs through. You know, like Ollie Watkins might be a centre forward after all, and he explains what he means. But I mean, I think. What more does he need to do? You know, eleven goals so far. Maybe yeah, he's expecting another thirteen again, goals. I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. I think a lot of people's concern isn't that Ollie Watkins isn't a thought. It's just that people wanted another Ollie Watkins. Yeah, kind of like, yeah I know. You know I, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. But you know, and he point he points out that you know he was first to the majority of the balls and um, was alive to all of Henrik Dalsgaard's succession of deli- delicious defence splitting diagonal passes. Um, he took his goal really, really well as well. It was a great, great header. But you know, the Henrik Dalsgaard reference as well. He, he, one of the other, one of the other six he, he, he mentions is Henrik Dalsgaard is a silent assassin. Um, but the big alarm bell is that he's out of contract at the end of the season. There's there was an article um, in the Danish media um, the back end of last week. It was on bold.dk, which is um, obviously a Danish language um, sports uh, portal. But they had a, they had an interview with Christian Norgard in which he kind of acknowledged that how important Henrik Dalsgaard is and his contract is up at the end of the season. But he said. As far as he's concerned, Dalsgaard has declared himself open for a possible transfer extension. And with Denmark making the Euros, um, obviously we need to get that resolved. And I'm, I'm hoping that they can do that over Christmas they can you know we don't really want another situation he's also got value as well the Ellen situation we had a couple of years similar where you've got a a major tournament coming up and a lot of these guys will feel that they could put themselves in the shop window Um, how much of a worry is that for you Gary when when, you know you're hearing in other media you know fans making this noise and then it's a worry that this possibly won't get done well the thing is it's a big worry for me because obviously he's got here you know you got when you've got a guy with that much experience it's not like we're losing a 22 year old and Brentford probably scouting I'm not he might be harder to replace mm. um, I mean obviously we, we lost Bieland and last season you know we, we did go through that period of just where we conceded goals of fun and conceded a lot of easy goals 
I think there's a lot obviously depends on his relationship as well. I mean, he's, he's Danish. He's part of, you know, he, he'll get it. You know, Thomas, Thomas, he'll want to stay with Thomas Frank if at all possible. It uh, just depends what his agent's like. And, you know, obviously that, that Bosman situation where you can yeah. leave at the end of the season, anything mm. he can negotiate elsewhere is probably going to go into his But again, I think one account. of the things that <laughs> a lot of the time it does depend on where someone's from because the lure of going back to Denmark probably isn't that huge. No, and I, it's, I, it's the lure of going elsewhere. And I think I imagine that top level Denmark and where we are is kind of comparable. I think our our wages have probably um, gone up since he signed his original contract with us. Yeah. So he's mm. probably looking at uh, a package that's probably very, very, <laughs> very, very good, and yeah. maybe we can hopefully compete with with whoever's dangling the uh, the reddies from elsewhere. <laughs> dangling the reddies from elsewhere as that carrot dangles on. Well, it is Blackburn on Wednesday, and we'd like to say uh, Blackburn Rovers fan Daniel Griffiths joins us next. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the besotted podcast, Gary GP Paul and Dave Laney Lane. Well, it is Brentford versus Blackburn on Wednesday. A big game in the championship and a tough away game. But when you've won five out of six, you fancy your chances. But Blackburn going good guns in the championship this season also. Every game is tough. Delighted now to have on Daniel Griffiths, Blackburn Rovers fans, who can give us that opposition preview. And he knows just that little bit more more about Rovers. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little bit of your time. Big game Wednesday. How do you see this one going? Uh, I have to say, um, it's hard to kind of predict how it's going to go for Blackburn just after the recent results because uh, I have to say, it's been up and down, a bit of a whirlwind for Blackburn at the minute. Um, so I'm hoping, to be honest, I think that um, possibly Blackburn and I are going to go for a draw or I hate to say it as a fan, you know, you never you want to see your team lose, but I got think it could be like a tight loss, like a Ooh. two-one loss. Or Ooh, a lo- You're making oh. friends already, Daniel. <laughs> Liking the sound of that, Daniel. <laughs> Gary sent you that bribe then. Hello, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mate. It's, it's Dave here. Thanks for coming on tonight. Um, yeah, as you say, you know, you, you kind of your your results are kind of a bit all over the place at the moment. Yeah. You, you're scoring goals, but you, you're leaking goals, and obviously that you know we spoke about that earlier as well, and that that obviously excites us because you know we are an attacking team, we're a counter-attacking team, and we we do like to play against teams that that come up come at us and want us want to involve us in a game of proper football. But can you you know what's what's the season been like for you? Is it is you know it's a bit of a bit of a seesaw for you, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. That's the best way to actually describe it, to be honest, a seesaw. It's, uh, we are leaking goals left, right and centre. And to be honest, it, it would be different if we uh, signed defenders at the start of the season. You'd be, oh, fair enough, our, our defence hasn't been, um, it, the players that we've brought in hasn't done too well. But we literally haven't signed anyone in defence realistically good enough to strengthen us. And you can see that just the way we concede late goals, like um, in the recent games. Like, well, you take—I know we beat Barnsley recently, but that game conceding um, later on and then scoring is a bit like we're leaking goals too much, and that's one of the biggest issues, without a doubt. But obviously, getting getting the win um, was 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 important, and you know, yeah. some, sometimes you know it, it, you you take that you know. But, 
perfectly imperfect is, is what Brentford are at, at times. You also got to consider yeah. it was against a team that recently changed their manager. So yeah. it was like, okay, new manager bounce. Nope. What's what's the atmosphere been like at Ewood in in, in recent months? Um, oh, I, I would say in recent months it's been a bit. Um, I want to say kind of anxious a little bit because you just. I think I think a lot of fans kind of agree with this that you don't really know what's going to happen when you go into a game. Um, I think when we were in League One, just for an example, you would go into a game with so much confidence as a fan, and you think, you know what, we could win today. You go into a game over the last few months, and I have to say, it's been since about February time when Mowbray won Manager of the Month in January. It's been a curse since. Um, literally, he's, he's been anxious. You just don't know what's going to happen when you enter that stadium. You watch the game and you're like, oh, we're 2 0 up. We're playing really well. Just using the uh, pressing game, for example. Uh, we're 2 0 up, and uh, you end up losing 3 2. So it looks like you do score two most games. Looking, looking at your yeah, looking at it, three, three, lot of three twos, two twos, four twos. So you know you're, you're obviously uh, you're obviously seen quite a few goals this season. Who, who's yeah. been the standout? Who's been standout players? Who, who do we need to look out for? If one of the surprising ones, Stuart Downing. Honestly, I was probably one of the fans that criticised actually signing him, um, but I have to say he has been a standout player for us this season. Um, in all fair, as a new signer, even I should say for Blackburn. But uh, I think quite notably, though, I think Bradley Dack is going to be the one that's going to kind of cause a few issues with your defence. Um, we've seen it against Barnsley, and we've seen it in low, uh, recent games as well. So probably Stuart Downing, brilliant signing so far this season. But the player to watch against Brentford about that is Bradley Dack. Yeah, but Bradley Dax is is someone you know. I saw him play a few times when he was at Gillingham, and he was he, he really was a standout player. Then you must be delighted that you know you got him, and he's he's able to step up to that to the new level. And he's and he's he's been he's been prolific, really, hasn't he for you? Yeah, he has, and I'm so chuffed for him that he stepped up. I think a lot of fans were concerned when we also got promoted from League One initially, like would he actually step up and. He definitely did. And to be honest, I think after the summer, I was surprised that we kept him. Mm. I thought mm. they would have been the likes of Leeds, West Brom, you know, the teams more further up the table, more likely to come in with an absolute massive bid, um, 10 million or so, I, would, I was expecting. But I'm surprised that we kept him. And I'm glad we've kept him because he's definitely he's been prolific for us this season and the season before. So this is his third season there now, isn't it? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So is he out of contract? Is he signed a new contract? Yeah, he's, to be honest, I don't know what, how long he's got left because he signed a new contract, I think, around 12 months ago or so. And I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if Mowbray's negotiating with him a new one again. So I think he's got around another two years or so left. I don't think he's not um, coming to the end anytime soon, but I think he's still got a few years left on it. And what kind of reception do you think David Rayo is going to get tomorrow? Or Wednesday? Oh, I think you'll get a good one because I think because he came through our youth system. I've been an advocate of David Rea since he's come through, since he signed his professional contract for Blackburn. I think you'll get a good reception. I don't think there's any hatred um, towards him as Blackburn fans. I think a lot of fans now um, who criticised him earlier on uh, when we did have him are gutted that we lost him. I really think we are. I think uh, with Walton, who's done a Brilliant job at times. Um, it's just not on the level that Raya was. So I think you'll have a good reception. You know, so what was the criticism of Raya at the time? 
it was it was to be honest, it was after the West Brom game when he broke his nose. After okay. that game, he just didn't seem to get back into it. It was just that that lack of confidence a little bit just after a big injury. Just seemed to miss it. It was a few uh, crosses was kind of the one more notable ones. His distribution wasn't the best, and a lot of criticism over time. Um, from the fans was because of David Rea, we were leaking goals and see some of the mistakes. And it was mm. after that West Brom game, he just didn't seem to get that confidence back, which he once had. Mm. Hopefully a clean sheet for him on Wednesday night. That would well, be, be good. <laughs> 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 brings us on to it, Daniel. <laughs> what is your score prediction for Wednesday? Um, I, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it'll be a 1-1. Uh, possibly Brady Dat scoring. That's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to be a bit more positive than how I started this call. Nah. <laughs> uh, sitting on the fence there. <laughs> Daniel, always a pleasure to have you on. Blackburn Rovers fan, Daniel. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on, mate. He was saying 1-1, sitting on the fence slightly. But Blackburn do score a lot I of do, goals. You yeah. picked it up on that, day, But... Brentford don't concede a lot of goals. No. Something has to play out. Yeah. What are your score predictions oh, and thoughts I, in the way I'm this gonna one's go, going? I'm going to go 4-2 Brentford win. Whoa, he's gone for high scoring, Gary. Do you think I'm going to go for 50% and I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford win. 2-1. Keeping that form though, you're both going for a score win. Another yeah. win. Another away I just, win. I think it's a game that's going to... An opposition that's going to suit us. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I think not, I'm not taking it for granted. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the, the right team at the right time, I think. Right team at the right time. Well, it is Brentford versus Blackburn on Wednesday. We'll be uh, talking all about that game next week, but there are other games. Luton on the weekend, so many now. But there are some plugs, isn't there, Dave? We, 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 to quickly yep. talk about. we talked about Billy Manuel down the globe from 12.30 on Saturday. So, yeah, come and join us there. Um, speak with Billy, have a drink with him, ask him a few questions. Um, just have a bit of a reminisce. Um, if you get 30 seconds, if you wouldn't mind and you agree, with this vote for besotted in the um, FSA awards we're very proud to have been shortlisted for a fan media in the in the fan media award category so if you go to the um, besotted at besotted twitter feed you'll see a link there um, i think it the vote closes at the end of this week so you know we'll we'll see if we we, we always get nominated and don't win because we're up against some very big club um, pods and 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 stuff so it's going to be difficult but it's very it's a very proud achievement for us to be in there um, obviously yeah we mentioned about the um, the uh, Harry Curtis book, so head over to legendspublishing.net and uh, tuck in. Yeah, and, and obviously check out all the posts, check out the Twitter, the Facebook, and obviously please, uh, the, the vote does end on November the 30th, five days left to vote, so please help the Besotted uh, podcast, every vote counts, you can vote more than once, so do it, why wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you? I said it, you don't have to say it, but this has been the Brentford Fan Show, they take on Blackburn Rovers on Wednesday, we'll be talking about that and the Luton game next week, as we always do when it is the Brentford uh, Fan Show takeover, right here on Last Ball, 8-9, to nine, with Dave Laney, Laney Lane and Gary G. People, you come on you be. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.